Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. By the way, when we have, you know, we have so many guests on here, particularly ones, uh, guests in the financial space. What a surprise. We're a business show. Uh, we've had Nobel Prize winners, New York Times bestselling authors, um, really some outstanding people. But it's interesting that uh, uh, Michael Neuenschwander, easy for me to say, Michael, uh, <laughs> who's been a recurring guest for uh, quite some time here on the program, gets, I think, probably among the most of the feedback we get, uh, certainly more than any other uh, person, uh, when it comes to when talking about the financial space. And I think the reason why, Michael, is that so many of our guests, all of them outstanding, all of them brilliant, we kind of have tough standards about who we have on. Um, you know, most of them are almost in a uh, ivory tower. You know, uh, they're, they're kind of pro uh, protected and insulated from what's actually happening in the real world of finance, even though they're brilliant in that space. And uh, you bring such an incredible holistic view that's both tactical and strategic. And I think that really, and, and very accessible, by the way. I cannot stand, you know, uh, people in this space who think that, uh, that the measure of their greatness is by how many uh, syllables their words have. You know, you bring this stuff and make it very accessible. And so I, I always love the feedback we get and always glad to have you on. And uh, your website is outlookwealth.com. And real quickly, talk real quickly about that holistic approach. That's another thing that I think resonates with our listeners because so many are talking to sales guys. I hate to say it, even though they're CPAs, they, they don't have that complete view. They have something that drives them. And you believe, you believe in bringing everything to the conversation when it comes to wealth and wealth protection. Yeah, I appreciate that, Kevin. So, so yeah, I mean, by by background, I mean we were uh, you know started out of a you know fa family tragedy that sort of turned us into you know financial advisors. But uh, but being CPAs by background, I mean that's one of the big uh, unique things we bring to the table is you know understanding both the uh, the investment world, kind of the overall retirement planning and strategy, but then pairing that up with how uh, how the taxes, how distributions, how uh, how things for self-employed people how all of that kind of comes together because, you know, unfortunately, you know, as my uh, my grandfather who was the doctor, you know, would, would know or anybody who practices medicine, there's, you know, you can't have a prescription without some sort of interaction or side effect. And, uh, and it's no different in the financial world, you know, things you do on one hand impact the other. And uh, that's what, uh, that's where uh, really true holistic or comprehensive planning comes from is, uh, you know, working with a team or, or people that really understand, you know, the, the both sides of the fence in the impacts between them. Yeah, and I think that really sticks out when you talk about these things. It's fascinating how we'll be talking about one thing, and next thing you know, you're tying in something else. And then when you're doing it, it's so logical. Whereas, why isn't my financial advisor saying that? You know, I'm sure that question comes up. So we love that. We love that about what you do. Okay, so today we're going to talk about, uh, and by the way, OutlookWealth.com is your best website, correct? And that's it. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let's let's get into our topic. I think it's really timely. Uh, you know, we are kind of playing beat the clock. Uh, we're talking about a whole new year. Hard to believe. I was just getting used to 2019, and here we are. 
February 2024, uh, but we're playing wrap-up time now, and uh, wrap-up time done poorly could be really expensive to people. Uh, talk a little bit about that. Kind of, kind of set the stage for us. Yeah, yeah. There's several things that obviously come into play, you know, right here towards towards the end of the year from both both the investment end and taxes. But uh, if we look at both, I mean, in terms of where people need to kind of uh, watch things or make sure they don't make mistakes. Uh, typically, on the investment end, you got deadlines where it says, "Can I get uh, can I get contributions made for you know 401k or if you're self-employed, what's called a SEP or a simple plan?" So trying to get things in before the end of the year or recognizing, you know, capital gains. I mean, uh, for all the negativity that was out there for a lot of the year, the reality is the market actually is finishing up, you know, pretty nicely. You know, we'll uh, probably have another conversation about what that looks like going into next year, but at least for now, you know, finishing up nicely. So people trying to either capture some capital gain or offset some, some loss, you still have time to do that. Well, some of the big things people uh, either overlook or mistake are things things like wash sales where you can, you know, hurt yourself and uh, do things where you don't actually get the tax credit or uh, or if you're uh, self-employed, time to make sure you've got that SEP or that simple account actually established, even if you don't fund it. But as long as you have it established before year end, you got all the way till October of 2024 to, to sort of do the math and see uh, how much you should you put in or does it make sense to impact your taxes, you know, for this year? So yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, and uh, that's sage advice, absolutely. And and I think it's so so important for people to realize that okay, I, I have nothing to put in, and uh, why bother doing it today? Well, you know, a lot of people have stuff happen in the first quarter that allow them to put uh, you know money in there. And uh, frankly, I've had years like that, Michael, when I look at my past where somehow the first quarter worked out, that where, where uh, you know, it, 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 it just makes a lot of sense. So do it now. And you still have time to do it. I, most of these, particularly uh, your IRA account, if you don't have one, those are incredibly simple to, uh, to establish. Yeah, I mean, most places you can go online and set it up. Set it up online. You don't even need to talk to a person to at least get get the account established. And what it allows people to do, because it's not uncommon, where people, uh, let's say, they wrap up the end of the year, they start doing their taxes, and then they find out, well, you know what, I actually owe more than I thought. And well, he says if you if you're gonna maybe owe some money, does it make sense to either just pay it to the IRS or if you've got your account established, can I simply can you simply put it into your own account and uh, drop what you owe to the IRS you know, by a good amount as well? So a few things to uh, to kind of you know maybe if you haven't taken some action on you know here over the last quarter, you still got a couple of days you know to do it. One. Uh, one other thing that uh, we do a lot of for clients in looking at the tax planning and tax strategy is this idea of Roth conversions. Uh, and, you know, without getting too deep in the weeds, we've talked on it before, Kevin, that we know that the tax law we're operating under today is really only good for a couple more years. And then taxes go up. And so the uh, the whole idea of a Roth conversion is saying, should I voluntarily pay some taxes today so that I can save a lot more in the future? But where people sometimes make mistakes is uh, here's those interactions and side effects. You know, your uh, your income may impact what you pay for Medicare, you know, once you're 65. Um, 
also they use gross income not you know taxable income you know, for that kind of calculation and uh, and all those things about municipal bonds being tax free that maybe people have heard about well those uh, those get added back into that calculation as well so some mistakes we see when people try to do Roth conversions either on their own or sort of last minute uh, if they accidentally overshoot, you know, they, they may be costing themselves some money, you know, in a year or two through the Medicare side. So it's a, it's definitely something that many people should probably look at or consider getting done so we don't let a low tax year, so to speak, pass us by. But, uh, but make sure you understand or, or have a good handle on uh, exactly how that calculation works or what amount you could or should do, you know, without getting thrown into uh, some extra penalties or tax situations you may not like. Yeah, absolutely. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, one of the things we hear about all the time is a lot of confusion about annual da- donations. Um, I notice between now and January 1st, uh, a lot of places like Goodwill will have a lot more activity going on, people clearing out their garages, making room for tax savings, that type of thing. Kind of give us a sense of what the guidelines are around that. Um, look, at, look at the various aspects that c- come to mind. But in particular about donating stuff, there's real uh, mm-hmm. restrictions about that, at least in terms of what the savings will be. Yeah, there's there's several. So so for many people, unfortunately, this is part of the, one of the negatives you know, of the of the tax law we're operating under today. It says for many people, you may not get any tax deduction you know for those donations. So still do them, do them out of the goodness of your heart, do it for cleaning out your closet or your garage. But the way uh, the way deductions work today, and there's a one or two caveats, I'll say, but for most people. In order to take a standard deduction, we'll keep it real simple. For a married couple, really only a handful of things go in to whether you can itemize or whether you take the standard. So for a couple for this year, that standard deduction is roughly 28000 bucks. And you can deduct property taxes, so but the most you can deduct is ten grand. You can deduct mortgage interest, and so if you have a mortgage, that goes into that, you know, whether you can get higher than 28000 you can deduct medical expense, but for most people, thankfully, they can't because it has to be more than 10% of your income. So for most people, that's zero. So really, if you break it down, you know, if property taxes, you could put 10 in the column. If you don't have a mortgage, you could put zero for interest. So unless you're donating more than $18,000 worth of stuff, you're not getting a tax break for it. And so... There are a few mechanisms. One's called a, a donor advised fund that it allows you to stack several donations, several years worth of donations together so that maybe you can get above that 18,000 and at least take a deduction for one big year and get some tax benefit for it. So that's one strategy that in terms of how to get around, you know, some of those limitations. Another for people that are, uh, they're a little older, you know, once you're 70 and a half now, that used to be required distribution age, but they moved that. So you got to make sure it's still 70 and a half. You can actually donate directly from your IRA account to charity, and it does not count as income at all to you. So for many people, that's the best way to, when you're, when you're a little older, 
to get the most deduction for your for your donations is going to be when you do it right out of your IRA. Now that obviously in that case that's that's cash, that's stock, that's not you know stuff from your home, but uh, but it definitely is a change of strategy once people hit that age in terms of where you should be taking or, or giving donations from. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's interesting. I had no idea you can even do eighteen thousand. <laughs> So that's, I thought it was higher than what most people think, but, but that, that's a lot. Talk about what you have to do in order to be able to safely do that. So like a lot of people, you can have the impression that yeah, good luck getting more than 500 bucks or whatever. Talk a little bit about the rules around this. Yeah, yeah. A few years ago, you used to be able to deduct you know up to three hundred bucks off the front of your tax return, but they've done away with that, so that doesn't apply anymore. So, the, the, a donor advised or a charitable fund is really that strategy of saying you don't have to actually give the money to the charities today. But you do have to be able to earmark the money in a special account, and and all of the big investment firms have them. So whether it's a Fidelity, a Vanguard, a Schwab, you know, they all have their version of this fund. By putting the money into that fund, you get the full tax deduction on it today. So whether that's you know five grand or whether it's you know fifty grand, you get the full deduction for this year. And then you simply give it out to the various charities you want to give it to. Uh, at your own pace, if you will. So you can dole it out over the next five years, ten years, or you could give it all away, you know, next month. But it's it's simply a way if if you have the ability to earmark the money, you can get a deduction for it, whereas maybe otherwise you simply were never giving enough away in any one year to actually get any sort of tax benefit. And uh, and those two strategies go hand in hand from a planning point of view. If uh, if somebody was 65, well then, hey, let's do five, six years worth at once, and then at 70 and a half, you change and use the other strategy. And that's those are the set of things that uh, sort of understanding how the pieces fit together. You know, says it's not just what the the way the rule is written; it's understanding how those two two opportunities sort of work together to uh, to make a big benefit. And that's a uh, and that's a lot of what we look at on the tax end and, and back to the investment end. It's it's not simply one rule. It's how do you apply several rules to really benefit yourself you know, in the long run. Yeah, yeah, very good, very strategic. Again, holistic. Yeah, that's the name of the game, isn't it? It's the, it's the saying when it comes to taxes and income and everything else. It's not it's not what you make; it's what you keep. And so you can yes. pay the IRS a little bit more of it. Then consider that either uh, it's extra return or it's extra spendable money, whichever way you want to look at it. So always, whenever I have you on, we always go over which I enjoy. I voluntarily do that, but in addition to that, uh, you know, we're always playing beat the clock. But I do want you to uh, kind of begin to wrap it up with some important takeaways for the listener, action items, if you will. Yeah, the big big action items to look at, you know, for for this year to throw in a tiny bit of the investment side as well as the taxes is, uh, you know, from the tax end, you know, is if there's still room to do Roth conversion, you know, it's a big opportunity as we sort of have this window for tax uh, for lower tax rates is beginning to narrow. Um, if you evaluate your position and look and say, well, maybe you need more deductions here before the end of the year. Uh, certainly, we touched on putting money into retirement accounts or simply. Uh, using a donor advised or a fund to get more to, to charity to create a, do, do, a deduction. 
And then as we look into next year, are you properly positioned for what may be a hectic year from presidential election, your worries about consumer spending. So it's also a good time of year to reevaluate positions and risk, you know, as we head into the new year. Yeah, very good. Good, good note to end on. Always love talking to uh, Michael Newinfronter. He is uh, with Outlook Wealth. Um, and every time you're on, Michael, I'm a little smarter than I was just before the segment began. So thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me on, Kevin. All right. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to our audience. Uh, and uh, we're going to have more for you right after this. 